This is that's the spirit. Thanks to Peter Liner. Hey Peter, how's it going? What's happening? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Well, we I thought we needed to belatedly celebrate the Dalai Lama's birthday. Which 88, was, 88. Yes, 88 years old, just, just a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty interesting time because by the time you're getting to 88, you're starting to wonder exactly when do you start pushing up the daisies, if you know yes. what I mean. Well, does the Dalai um, Lama just, do they go till they pass away and then a new one, like a new child is born that is designated the Dalai Lama? Well, traditionally, yes, certainly. The previous Dalai Lama, you can't really abdicate from the position. Mm. Um, yep. Some have stopped doing the position. I was looking over a history of the various Dalai Lamas, and there was one who got uh, lost interest in the monastic life and began spending his time in brothels. Yes. <laughs> mm. That did not go ter- terribly well with the rest of the Tibetan people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been some who had not lived for more than a couple of years. Mm. But no, and in the course of their natural life, that's the term that they hold the title. Yes. Um, so therefore, the question has got to be asked now, and even the Dalai Lama is asking it, mm. um, how do we get a successor? Well, how much, how much of his role is going out and f- fronting it and being public-facing and travelling and meeting people? Or can you just Dalai Lama from the couch at home? <laughs> uh, well... I mean, the way he's chosen to exercise the, the role of the Dalai Lama is unique because uh, well, once before, the Dalai Lamas have been forced to be exiled into India mm. um, to escape from Chinese interference. Yes. Uh, but uh, in general, the kind of jet-setting role, well, it wouldn't have been possible before his day and age. Mm. And But the way he's exercised it has been to be a kind of spiritual leader to a much, much wider audience mm. than just um, mm. Tibetan Buddhists. Yes. And so one of the real questions is, can somebody inherit that mantle? Yes. Has he generally done such a, I guess, a good job on the PR side of Buddhism that, you know, us Westerners go, well, Buddhism's pretty cool. I might try and adopt some of those values into my Western lifestyle. I think in that respect, the Dalai Lama has been an extraordinary success. Um, you know, Tibetan Buddhism is very complex, but he's never bothered with those complexities. Mm-hmm. He's always, you know, honed it down to a few simple life truths and perspectives and not expected those who uh, revere him to adopt the whole Tibetan Buddhist thing, if you like. Yes. Uh, so that's been an amazing achievement. But there's still, for Tibetans, um, he is the the leader of of Tibetan Buddhism. Now, <clears throat> so yes, Peter. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so really, it will depend on them hmm. who his successor is. Yes. Except that, then he has a role to play. Uh, in the identification of his successor, mm-hmm. even if it's just how he dies and which direction he's facing when he dies. Mm-hmm. So there's been a whole set of different approaches used. Mm. And the one that's got the Chinese government very interested is that during the domination of Tibet by the Qing dynasty that collapsed in, 2000, in, in 1911, 
during quite a bit of that period, the the Chinese government asserted the role of the golden urn. And the Chinese government, the atheist government, though it may be, has been very keen to resurrect the notion of the golden urn. Okay. And the golden urn is where the names of potential successors, children, of course, mm-hmm. are placed in a golden urn. And then uh, the appropriate, usually the pension lama, picks a name that's the second highest of the Buddhist um, uh, leaders in Tibet, picks the name out of the golden urn, and that is the Dalai Lama. Why would the Chinese government want this approach? (laughs) Well, because the other approach most definitely would fall into the hands of outside of ability for Chinese to control. Mm. And they are very, very eager that maintaining to maintain the loyalty of Tibetan people, and to do that, they need they need a uh, Dalai Lama in Tibet, and saying the words that the Chinese want to hear. Mm-hmm. And you know the relationships. There was a delicate relationship for a while between the Dalai Lama and the Chinese Communist government, but that broke down. I think as early as the 1960s, mm-hmm. and um, so. After that, you know, he made one appearance, a most unhappy appearance in Beijing, um, and didn't reappear in that place. Uh, so then all sorts of other factors become involved in the selection of a Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, the, the present Dalai Lama, has offered some colourful additions of his own, um, which nobody's quite sure whether to take seriously. You have to remember the Dalai Lama often seems to have a kind of wry sense of humour mm. that lies behind what he says. For example, um, he caused great offence uh, a few years ago when he said the next Dalai Lama could be a woman mm. as long as she was beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And he had to apologise afterwards for that. It did not yeah. go down well with good Tibetans. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a number of different ways, because the essence of the role of the Dalai Lama is of a living uh, Bodha Siva, so that's the, an incarnation of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. So therefore he has the Buddha's insight into the nature of what's going to happen in the world. Mm. And therefore the Dalai Lama can play a role in the identification of a successor. Yes. And some have argued that he could even select, and he suggested in one of his comments that at the age of 90, he may be given an insight as to who is to be the next um, Dalai Lama. Okay. So there's no firm uh, process as to how the next Dalai Lama well, will be selected, but so he could overrule anything and go, hey, this little kid yes, is the next Dalai Lama. because of his title and role, he could do that. I mean, the, the traditional way and the way that's very famous of his own selection was that his predecessor died with his head facing one direction and then mm. it moved to another direction. And there was evidence of a mirror image in a lake. And it, the, the fairy tale story of how it led to the young lad mm. um, uh, who, whose age corresponded to the death of the of yes. the previous Dalai Lama. Is there, still and, I mean, room, is there still room for a fairy tale type thing in this modern era? Can they control the narrative that well, you know, that people just be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Well, 
see, the, the harsh story is of the Panchen Lama, mm. which, who was to be selected, the, the other great Buddhist leader in Tibet, who was to have been selected in this way, and a name was indeed identified, mm. and he disappeared. Okay. And the Chinese government used the golden urn to select a person of their choice. Mm. We don't know how many names went into the, into the box. Um, uh, into the urn, but out came a man of their choice, yes. who in fact is actually ethnically Chinese rather okay. than um, Tibetan. Can the Dalai Lama just say, hey, China, back off. We're doing it our way. We don't need your golden urn. Well, I think the Chinese government is really very worried because it is inevitable mm. that there's going to be a showdown and we're going to have two Dalai Lamas, I oh, think. Really? Oh. Almost inevitably. And uh, I think that probably in that context, the worry for the Chinese is, as they've always been worried about the loyalty of Tibetans ever since the, the famous flight of the Dalai Lama out of Tibet mm. um, across the snow, across the Himalayas. Yes. So um, they very, very much fear an independence movement in Tibet. Okay. They've... They've actually taken a whole series of extraordinary measures to ensure well, that, that Tibet is safe for the Chinese, shipping in millions of Chinese to occupy the land, putting one of the great you know, train tracks right up into uh, Lhasa, and seeking to incorporate it almost completely into Chinese mm. community. <clears throat> and so trying to crush um, the Tibetan sense of independence, yes. but they already know that there's, for Tibetans, very likely loyalty to the Dalai Lama yes. would come ahead of loyalty to the Chinese government. Well, I mean, what is the general, what's what's at stake for China? Is it just, do they want to control Tibet so they have a good buffer between India, or are there quite substantial resources in the Himalayas, or like, what is... It is... It, 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 has been, I mean, just that edge of India, Pakistan, Afghanistan mm, yeah. is the, the, is a very critical part of the you know, powder keg that is the Khanate states that run between, what's it called, the Great Trail. Mm. Um, that the old, it's the old Silk Road. Oh, the old Silk and, Road. Mm. Yes, and it runs along that edge of the Chinese border. Yes. And so... Strategically, it's very significant. Remember, there was war between the Chinese government and the Indian government at one point in the 60s, and there have been constant skirmishes since then. Mm, mm. Uh, and so, yes, quite a lot is at stake, uh, but the, there's, I'm sure, also a factor of kind of the political prestige of the Chinese government's mm. at stake as well. Mm. I mean, just imagine, it just seems so strange the Chinese government would claim the legacy of the Qing imperial dynasty yes. as to how, they, how the Dalai Lama should be selected. Mm. This does seem a bit ironical coming from the, the Chinese government, yeah. but a great deal is at stake. Yes. Uh, someone sticks through, Peter, saying, I thought the next Dalai Lama was the Tibetan boy who was schooled in NZ. Well, uh, that's a nice hope, isn't it? <laughs> but I think um, it's pretty unlikely that the Dalai Lama would reach as far as overseas. Okay. I think it's quite likely that within the 
foothills of the Himalayas, mm. in areas that are, you know, have quite a lot of Tibetans living, yeah. and many Tibetan refugees live. Mm-hmm. It seems quite possible that the processes could be played out, yes, um, and and that uh, Tibetans could speak of a kind of greater Tibet mm-hmm. within which the Dalai Lama might be found. Yes, so uh, that's that's pure speculation because the Dalai Lama himself keeps changing his position mm. as to what might work yeah. and what will come about. What he knows is that he's will not trust the Chinese government. Yeah. He must not allow it to fall back into the hands of the Chinese government. Mm, mm, mm. Hey, Peter, very, very fascinating edition of That's the Spirit. Thanks so much for chatting to us this evening. Um, we'll look forward to speaking next Monday. Excellent. Thank you, mate. Bye. That's the spirit.